Hi friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. In today's episode, we're going to be talking to my sweet friend, Caitlin Wernett. Caitlin is a beautiful writer who regularly contributes to She Reads Truth, as well as writing on her own blog about grace and grief, adventures and friendship, and so much more. You guys are going to love Caitlin. She is brilliant and warm and wise and funny. She loves God with her whole heart and has helped thousands of women get to know him better. Caitlin is also such a dear friend of mine, and because we moved here at just around the same time, Caitlin and I were some of each other's first friends here in Nashville. And actually, that's what we're talking about in today's episode. We're talking all about friendship, specifically how to make new friends as an adult, because I know I'm not telling you anything new when I say it can be so tricky. Carl and I moved to Nashville about mm, two and a half seconds after we got married, and I have to tell you, it was the loneliest season of my entire life. And that sounds crazy to say, right? I had just gotten married to the best man I know, and our marriage was so good right from the start. But I found out really quickly that marriage doesn't replace the need for really great girlfriends. And for the first time in my life, I didn't have any. Well, I didn't have any in my state anyway. And so I began the long journey of learning how to make friends all over again. And not long after, that's when I met Caitlin. She had just moved to Nashville too, and was on the same friend-making journey as I was. Guys, we have learned so much along the way, how to meet new girls, how to get to know them better, how to put yourself out there, how to find and form the kind of community you've always wanted, and we cannot wait to share all of that with you. But before we get started, there's something I wanted to make sure to tell you all about. So one of the things Caitlin mentions in our conversation is the fact that we were in a small group together, and she mentions that in order to help us get to know each other better, we used my favorite resource for creating community, my friendship small group guide. It's called The Real Girl's Guide to Taking It All Off, a six-week guide for removing the layers between you and true friendship. And just so you know what we're talking about, I wanted to just take a second to tell you about it. So like I mentioned, when Carl and I moved here to Nashville, I had to start all over when it came to friendships. And after struggling for a really long time to form meaningful community, I finally had an idea. I wrote out a list of questions that I thought might help a group uh, get to know each other, and I invited some new friends over for a girls' night. That night, as we answered the questions, we laughed and we cried and we spoke God's truth into tender areas of each other's lives. And before we knew it, strangers were becoming friends and friends were becoming best friends. That night and those questions were the beginning of true community for so many of us here in Nashville. And so I just knew I had to share them. And that's exactly what this friendship small group guide is. My sweet reader, Kara, just went through it recently with her small group. And this is what she had to say about it. She said, my group and I just finished your study, taking it all off, and we loved it. Our group wasn't super close to begin with. We were all friends of friends, but now we couldn't be closer. In the study, you asked us questions that I would never think to ask, and talking through those things together transformed our group. They transformed me. Now I have five new best friends, and I am so grateful to this guide for making that happen. Seriously, best decision ever. Ugh, I love that. So whether you're looking to connect with old friends or to go deeper with new friends or for the next study for your small group, our lives are so much richer when we have best friends to share them with, and this guide is the perfect way to get there. If you want to check it out and see more of what it's all about, I would love to give you a sneak peek and send you the first chapter of the book for free. All you have to do is go to stephaniemaywilson.com slash first chapter free. You can also find that link in our show notes. Um, pop in your information and it'll be in your inbox before you know it. I cannot wait to share this with you, love. Okay, so now that you're all caught up, here's my conversation with Caitlin. 
well, we've already talked about where to get the perfect pair of white jeans. I feel like we might as well get started. <laughs> um, guys, I'm so excited for what we have today. Um, I'm hanging out here at my house with my friend Caitlin, and I'm like over the stinking moon for you guys to get to meet her. <laughs> She's the best. Caitlin, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Um, you guys, I have to tell you... Um, well, all right. I'm going to tell this first because I want you to introduce yourself to the girls, but I need to brag on you just for a little bit um, and talk about how special this is to me. So Caitlin, we were talking just before we started recording about how like really cool this moment is. Um, Caitlin is one of the very first people I talked to about a podcast maybe a decade ago. <laughs> it feels like it's been forever. Yes. Um, but really, you and I have been talking about this at every every time we get lunch. I feel like we keep talking about this. And I think maybe like four months ago, I promised you I was going to try this. And here we are four months later. So sorry about that. <laughs> but it's so Neither. special to get to to do this with you because this has been in the works for so long. Like I feel like in our friendship. Um, another reason why it's really special is just because um, the heart of this podcast is um, to, to create space for women to gather and talk about life and work through it together. And when I picture this, like this podcast, I feel like is the very next best thing to just having everyone here at our house um, and to gathering around the table and laughing and eating really good food and just talking about our lives. And when I picture that, especially here in Nashville, you are always around my table and you've been around my table and really, really special, like I'm really special best friend nights. And so I just love like the heart of this podcast is like my heart for you and, and your heart for friendship. And I just, it's so fun to talk about this. And it's really fun to talk to you about friendship because we were some of each other's first friends in Nashville, which we'll talk about that in a second. But before we go any further, I want to um, just have you introduce yourself to the girls. Gosh, you're so kind. And it feels so special to be here. I think, I just think about all the girls that are listening right now and feel like we're all around a table. Like this really does legitimately feel like any other girls night at your house. And so it's just so fun and such a warm welcome. So thank you. Um, like Stephanie said, I'm Caitlin Warnett and I'm just so lucky to get to live in my current favorite city in the whole world of Nashville, um, which wasn't actually always the case, which we'll get to later. Um, but I grew up in the mountains of Asheville with an A, which is hilarious because I always talk about how I have to stay here forever until I find another city that rhymes because totally. they couldn't get more confusing. Um, but Asheville, North Carolina and I study public relations at the University of South Carolina. Currently by day, I'm a writer and editor in the mental health industry. Um, and then by night, I get to write all kinds of words and tell my own story, um, sometimes on sites like She Reads Truth, and um, then also on my own blog and a few other fun places. I just love telling stories and hope that they communicate a backbone of hope. Um, and on the kind of more fun side, I'm a huge football fan. I love concerts and road trips with friends, basically anything where it's a large group of people celebrating things together. Um, and I believe that you could never have enough goat cheese. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this, all of that, that is why we're friends. Like, yes, nailed it. It can be our mission. Yes. From now on. Our yes. mission statement. Absolutely. Yes, you wrote it completely. You write that down. <laughs> I'm glad you have it. Um, okay, I love that. So, Caitlin, we first met. I ask you this anytime we're talking about it. How the heck did we first get connected? Because I don't like. I remember our first coffee down to like the minute, but I totally cannot for some reason get it in my head how we got connected. Okay, so I don't know if you know this, but I was a longtime reader of yours. 
before we met in real life. So maybe it was creepy when we first met. Um, but I started following the lipstick gospel a long time ago. And then um, I remember you posted a blog post that you were moving to Nashville. And I was like, we should meet up. And I think I think we kind of emailed back and forth and was like, okay, this is cool maybe. Or maybe that was all in my head. I don't know. But I remember we met um, at a conference Q women. Yes. And we were yes. both there for work for separate things. Um, but somehow we connected over lunch and yes. I was probably trying to play it cool and not tell you how much I knew about you already. Um, but I'm glad, I'm glad we had this moment. Oh of my finding gosh. Out. I was sitting over here just shaking my head. Like this is crazy. Um, I had, yeah, I absolutely did not know that was the case. Um, but I love that. And I, I totally remember meeting you at Q women and like, this is a longer story, but when I think of our lunch at Q women, I remember absolutely totally embarrassing myself because my book had just lipstick gospel had just come out. It was right. Was it that day? It was, was that like, week. Yeah. It was yeah. Like, I can't remember. It was that day or that week. And someone asked me in front of a huge table full of girls, like all writers and people who were like way more important than me, um, who, and someone asked me like, Stephanie, tell us about your book. And I just fumbled for like five <laughs> minutes. Like it's about my story and my life. Like, I mean, it was, it was terrible. It was awful. So, but, but we did end up connecting for coffee and it was like the best thing. And and I feel like that's kind of a PSA. And I've actually gotten to do this in two other podcast interviews in this season. Talk about like, go to coffee with people you don't know, because that's how I met two other girls that I've gotten to like chat with that are really good friends of mine. But like, exactly. I love that. We, like we went to coffee and we just kind of sort of pursued like a lead in a friendship. Like we had mm-hmm. sort of met and we did the work of getting each other's number and actually following up and going to coffee. And I feel like we were at coffee forever. Yes. And I came home being like, I met, like I met a real friend. It was so good. Truly. It was so good. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm so glad that I was bold and that we, yeah, and that you were bold, you know, like I could have been anybody. It was, um, truly like a risk that we both took, but it, I mean, here it's we are. paid off so, yes, <laughs> it's paid off so much. Um, I was telling Carl this morning, because Carl hasn't gotten a ton of time with you. Um, mm-hmm. I have no idea why, but you guys haven't gotten a ton of <laughs> yeah. time together. But I was telling Carl this morning, I was like, Carl, you need to know Caitlin. Like, you need to know her better. You, like, you don't understand. Like, she's a soul friend. You need to know Caitlin better. That's wow. Fine. Now I feel like I could cry. So let's keep moving. <laughs> um, okay. So Caitlin, you and I moved to Nashville about the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us, like, how you got here and like why you moved here and what life like what life was like especially friendship life well actually maybe I should back up a little um really what we're going to be talking about today um is friendship um because that's something that we Caitlin and I have both been on um kind of a journey in in our own individual lives here living here in Nashville um trying to figure out what friendship looks like and I feel like you and I were both we're gonna we'll talk about it in a minute but you and I both sort of started over when we got here. And I think that we each got to learn in our own way, just how hard making friends can be, especially as an adult. Um, and, um, the more that I, like, as I experienced this and the more I talked to people about it and the more I was sort of working through this in my own life, the more I got to see, this is a really hard thing in a lot of people's lives. And, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times, sometimes it's because someone moved like you and I did. Um, sometimes it's because, our people move away from us and we stay put. Sometimes it's because friends are getting into different seasons without us, or sometimes our friendships just shift and change and people move on. Or sometimes we kind of look around and realize, I don't know if I've ever had the kind of community I really want in the first place. Um, Totally. And so, yeah, I I think that the more we kind of walked this in our own lives, I really 
got to see that this is a really hard thing in a lot of women's lives where people just are not as connected as they want to be. And you and I experienced it firsthand. And so really today we're going to be sharing a lot of the things we've learned along the way and like real tips, like practical things you and I have each done to make friends in a town where we started out with like no friends. Um, and so anyway, back to what I was going to ask you, um, tell me like, how did you move to Nashville and what was it like when you got here? Yes, that's such a good question because I think as you were saying, it's, it's kind of like we, um, we experience this in so many different seasons of our lives, but somehow it still feels new every single time. And so I think, um, I've learned that it doesn't really get easier, but I think that we can get smarter and we can also expect what's coming, um, just in terms of it's going to be hard. And, um, so my story is I moved to Nashville. It was the first place, um, that I moved after I graduated college. So after I graduated, I moved back in with my parents for a summer, which I was not very excited about. And then, um, I accepted a job offer to move to Nashville, which I thought was like the most exciting thing. And I loved college, but I really was thinking that this was going to be my time for a fresh start. And I think as soon as I accepted a job and I looked for an apartment, I thought that all of the the pieces were going to just come together of, I was going to join a church and I was going to be in a small group and meet all of my best friends. I thought that my future husband was just going to be, you know, waiting for me to pull up in the driveway. And I thought that I would, you know, suddenly want to wake up at six 30 in the morning and go to a workout class. (laughs) And you will be the woman you always wanted to be. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But really, as soon as I got here, that's not what happened at all. And I think that that was something that was just really hard to to face my expectations on top of the circumstances. Um, But I accepted a job with a ministry that I loved, with people that I loved. But I was it was a really small company and I was their first full time employee, which meant a lot of lonely days in an office by myself in a new city where I didn't really know anyone. Um, I wasn't really sure how to find people. Um, I did meet a couple of, you know, really close women there that kind of helped me through those seasons. But as far as meeting people in the same season as I was, I wasn't really sure um, where to start. And I felt like the things that I'd gone in with, um, the plans that I'd gone in with weren't really working out. Um, And so then I, another thing that I still have trouble talking about is that a few weeks after I moved to Nashville, I actually experienced a really hard, just tragedy in my family. Honestly, my um, younger brother passed away just in a very sudden, unexpected accident. And um, so obviously that was not in my plan whatsoever. And I had just moved and here I was already going back to my parents' home to a family that Um, was suddenly so broken and with such a large void. Um, So I was with my family for several weeks. And then I really made the risk, the risky choice to come back to Nashville. I didn't know that I was going to stay. I felt like I have nothing there. And why would I want to come back? I don't really have a lot of community of people that are going to help me through this season. But I really felt that it was where I was supposed to be and that was at least worth a try. Um, so I came back, but I came back with a very significant piece of myself missing. And it was a season of my life when I needed community the most, but I was able to pursue it the least. And I was, and most of the time still am, nervous about 
telling people this large part of my story that's so sad, so messy, still very much unresolved in terms of how it affects my day to day. And so that was something that really prevented me from seeking community just because I wasn't really sure about myself and my own circumstances. Um, But I think that I'm really thankful for the couple of people that I was able to be honest about my circumstances with and just process through and um, not be the filtered version of myself that I think I came in thinking that I was going to be when I moved to Nashville. Um, And I think that so many of those things, um, it, it didn't just apply to moving to a new city. It's something that I've experienced recently still in starting a new job, um, a new season in dating and joining a new small group. Um, and I just think that once we get over an initial hurdle of newness, um, I think we expect newness to stop being new altogether, but it never really does. Yeah. Oh, I like, yeah. So many, I feel like, like just feelings, like hearing you talk about that. Um, because I know, because you and I have like walked through the last couple of years together and I know how hard mm-hmm. that's been. So thanks for sharing that. Um, I feel like, uh, Carl and I moved to Nashville about the same time. Um, and we had, um, I don't know if I've gotten to, I, I, I don't know if I've talked about this recently. And so I don't know if any of the listeners really know this, but, um, Carl and I met because we were working at a missions organization together, um, just an hour North of Atlanta. Um, and so we were working together and we date, we met and started dating and got engaged. And we thought that we were going to be there, um, in that community for a while, because we really, we were known there. We felt like we had our people, um, like we were known to like individually and as a couple, like it just felt like a really safe place to start our marriage because a marriage is a totally new thing. We were like, let's just do one new thing at a time. <laughs> sure. Um, well, three months before our wedding, we both got called into an office and some very scary looking executives gave us a severance check and told us that we were being laid off. And it wasn't just Carl and I, it was like a quarter of the company, um, all at once. And so, I mean, we just like left the office at noon with all of our stuff in boxes, just totally surreal. And knowing that we were going to be getting married in three months and all of a sudden our whole future was totally upended. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we ended up moving to Nashville the weekend before our wedding Um, Carl came, I guess, two weeks early because his lease had run out. So he packed up all of his stuff and drove out. And then he drove back to pick me up. We packed up all my stuff, drove out, dropped our things in Nashville, drove back to Atlanta to get married, went on our honeymoon, flew back to Nashville. And then all of a sudden we lived there. (laughs) So I like have to take a deep breath just hearing that. (laughs) I know. Um, So yeah, so we moved to Nashville having been married for a week, our whole honeymoon, um, exactly. And knowing like one person. Um, I mean, we, we knew this couple that we were working with at the time, but we, I mean, I had no friends here and, um, I don't know what I was expecting. I, I really don't know what I was expecting, but, um, when we sort of arrived and got all of our stuff unpacked and sort of settled in, I feel like this heaviness, like this, I, I, it was just the most painful feeling of loneliness settled into my chest. And, um, I feel like that's a weird thing to say that, that like my first year of marriage was one of the loneliest years of my life mm-hmm. because it makes it sound like Carl was not enough in some way. And he absolutely was like, Carl's my favorite human. He's my very best friend. But I learned that year that having a husband and even having an amazing husband totally is not a replacement for girlfriends, that they are two very separate things. And almost as if like, if your heart's like divided into a little pie, like a husband can feel 
the part of the pie that's his to fill, mm-hmm. but he absolutely cannot do anything for the girlfriend part. And I remember sitting in a coffee shop here in Nashville. It was just the Starbucks, like around the corner from our house. And I was looking at all these people that looked like they could be potential friends, but I had, n- I, but I didn't know any of them. Like I kind of kept looking around thinking I might run into someone that I knew, but I didn't know a single person in the city. And I had no idea how to make all these people that I was seeing. I had no idea how to how to meet them or how to make friends with them. And, um, and really this had never, there have been seasons of my life of, of loneliness or of needing to kind of start over. I mean, you know, I went to college and had to make friends there. And, but I think that in other seasons, it's easier somehow that when you've graduated and you're out of college and you are, are kind of, I don't know, being an adult and making new friends is really hard. And I don't know if anyone knows how to do it. In fact, um, Carl was telling me recently that he, he saw this kind of stat somewhere that, um, among people our age, like 20 somethings, even 30 somethings, um, that one of the most Googled things is how do I make friends? Wow. Because we just don't know how. Um, and that's, that's where I was. I had no idea how to get started. Um, and I just remember like curling up with Carl on a couch, just sobbing because my heart hurt so bad because I was so Mm -hmm. lonely. Um, and really it was, it was a journey, like a really hard fought journey to meet more, to meet people and to get to know them. And the whole time I I remember just wishing that someone would just be familiar already, you know, like that you could just like, because when you have really great friends in one part of your life and I do, they just, none of them were here. Um, you wish you're like, Oh, why can't we just get to that place? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and meeting new people feels like the worst parts of dating. And, um, and it just, the worst, the worst <laughs> parts of dating. You're like, go, I kept, I would tell Carl, he's like, who are you going on a girl date with now? Um, and exactly. I just, it just was, um, just, just brutal. And, um, and so that's why I really wanted to talk about this today because I think that, um, really for all, for all sorts of reasons, we all find ourselves in these places where we need to make new friends and there's just no blueprint. Um, and, and we just could use some help along the way because friendship, we know this is such an important thing and we need community for our everyday times and the times, I mean, you know this better than anybody, like hard things happen in our lives and we need people who know us and can surround us. Um, and so we just need people in our lives and there's just no blueprint for how to do it. And so that's why I'm so excited to talk through this today, Caitlin, because you and I have really like walked this road the hard way. Um, and I'm hoping that we can kind of turn around and say, Hey, turn left here, turn right here bring a sandwich here, here, let me walk you through this part. <laughs> yes. This part's tricky. Um, but I'm hoping that these things are helpful and just, um, are, are a step forward for all of us in, in really pursuing community, the community that we all really need. Me too. I think I'm still learning and relearning all of these things all the time. Cause there's always going to be new people. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be strange, awkward situations that we don't know what to do in. So I'm super excited about this too. Yay. Okay. Well, um, so Kind of how we're going to do this is I've asked Caitlin um, to bring two of her favorite tips and I've brought two of mine. And so I'm going to go ahead and get started um, and then we'll kind of trade off. Um, So my kind of first friendship tip, friendship hack, um, is the truth that friendships don't just happen to you. Um, And I think that that's something that we all are very surprised by, Um, especially because I think growing up when you're in school, like you just become friends with like the people in the desk next to you or it feels like it happens to you. Yeah, it does. It just sort of happens. Um, But I think that when we're, we're trying to create new friendships or, or make new friendships or when we find ourselves feeling lonely, it kind of feels like everyone around us has their people and we're the only one that doesn't. And it feels really hurtful that no one else is inviting us in. Um, and I definitely felt that way here, just looking around being like, okay, one, all the seats are already taken at all the tables. Like everyone already has their people. And two, like, why hasn't anyone approached me? Um, but 
I think that there are some like kind of fallacies in this. And actually, um, I did learn something in when I moved to Georgia that that got to help me. Like kind of once I put two and two together, it really helped a lot. Um, and so when Carl and I, well, I didn't know him quite yet when I first moved there. Um, but when I first moved to Georgia, um, I was working at this mission organization and there were probably 120 somethings that worked there. And we all lived in this tiny little town. And so, I mean, it's not like you would get lost in this big city. Like we were all pretty concentrated. We all worked together. It it should have been like friendship, like a friendship buffet. You know, we all should have <laughs> yes. just had our people pretty instantly. Um, but for about six months, I, I was kind of doing my own thing. I had a really awesome roommate. Um, and I think Carl and I started dating somewhere in there, but I really just felt lonely. Like I was looking around, it seemed like everyone else had their people. And I just was wondering like, why isn't anyone inviting me in? And I really felt hurt by that. Well, finally, one of my girlfriends and I decided it was a really, um, it was in the middle of January. I think it was really dreary outside and we were just kind of bored and feeling lonely. And so we decided, um, to throw a nothing party. There was no reason, nothing at all. We just, on a Friday night, we were like, let's just have a nothing party. Let's, let's have a party. So we invited everyone we worked with. We just went around and said, Hey, what are you doing tonight? You want to come over, bring something because we were working at a missions organization. We had like $3 to our name. Um, (laughs) so we told everyone to bring something and, um, and said, you know, show up at seven and to our total shock, everyone we invited came Wow! and everyone came in and they looked so happy to be there. And like, it just, my apartment felt so full and cozy with all the people that were around and everyone was laughing and talking and catching up and, um, playing games and, and eating good food. And I mean, the food array was so ridiculous because everyone just brought whatever they had. (laughs) Um, and at the end of the night, everyone kept hugging me and saying like, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for doing this. And I got to find out through that, that everyone else had been sitting at home waiting for someone to invite them. And so no one else had their people. I mean, some people maybe had a couple, but I don't know anyone who has too many friends, you know? Um, And so everyone was sort of sitting at home waiting to be invited and someone just had to do it. And so I think that that's really the thing is um, we assume everyone else has their people and really they don't. Like there's not anyone who has too many friends. Everybody, even the people, I think especially the people you think are the most connected I think sometimes they are the loneliest. That's so true. Um, and so like everyone, everyone needs more people. And so we can just kind of tuck that away in the back of our head that everyone needs more people. Um, and everyone's just waiting for an invitation. And so if we want to, if we want to make friends, we need to get in the mindset of like, I'm going to have to go out and I'm going to have to be intentional about this. Um, because it doesn't always just happen like it did when we were younger and that's okay. We just have to kind of shift our perspective a little bit and know, like I have to be intentional about this. Um, there's this quote by Jen Hatmaker that I, absolutely love. She says, um, instead of waiting for community, provide it and you'll end up with it anyway. And I love that because I think that feeling like you need more friends is this really vulnerable thing. It kind of feels like, yeah, you've been rejected a bunch. Um, it's that it's embarrassing that you need more friends. Well, no, really everyone needs more friends. No one is as connected as you think they are. Everyone's at least a little bit lonely. I would say at least sometimes, um, And I think that maybe it's easier for us to think about it as like a ministry, especially as women, like we're like lovers and givers and we care about taking care of other people. And so if we can, instead of focusing on like, I'm lonely, I need more friends, Mm -hmm. look for people who are lonely and might need more friends and try to connect them, be the person who makes the invitation. Then you kind of look around and find out, oh, I've made community for myself too. Um, And so that would be kind of my first tip. Totally. I love that so much. And I think the thing that I love the most about your example was that people just brought whatever they had. And it wasn't like you needed to make a five course meal or you needed to super clean your house. It was just come as you are and let's have community together. And I think 
it also reminds me of when we very first when we had coffee for the very first time and I feel like we connected on the same level of we're in the same season we're a lot lonelier than we thought we were why is it so hard to make friends I have all these friends in other seasons of my life from high school from college from internships from you know anything else but now the world's kind of just wide open and I'm not sure where to start but you actually did it you gathered other people I think you said that you kept having that conversation with other girl dates that you were having of, okay, I'm not the only one that feels this way, but also maybe I can do something about it. And you just invited all the girls that you'd had that conversation with to your house for dinner. And we started going through your small group guide, which was amazing. It was, I feel like I walked into a room full of people feeling like I'm going to stick out as the girl that needs friends and walked away feeling that I wasn't alone and that I had friends. I love that. It was, I mean, it was so fun and, and very unnatural and very nerve wracking. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think, cause you and I had that conversation and I think really it was talking to you that, that gave me the confidence to say, okay, like we're just going to do this. At least Caitlin will say yes, you yeah. know? Um, but I remember like sending out a text to, yeah, just any girls who I knew felt disconnected and, and trying to do exactly what Jen Hatmaker said, like, provide community for other people and maybe I'll have it too. Um, but I mean, I wanted to throw up as soon as I sent that <laughs> message. And, and I think like every time we'd meet, I'd be like, is anyone coming? I don't even know. But I mean, it was, it was beautiful for all of us to get to connect and, and like we have friendships that we wouldn't have had otherwise, which has been really cool. That's what I loved about it was it became something consistent to look forward to. It wasn't just one dinner and maybe I'll get a few numbers from people and then in a few weeks I'll think that it was too weird to follow up with them. Is that you set the expectation up front that it was going to be consistent. And I think that that you really set the stage for a really solid friendship and set the expectation that if you're looking for a deep, solid friendship like the ones that you've experienced before, it's not just going to happen to you. Yeah. Unfortunately, like it'd be so nice if it did, but the thing that's cool is that we can make it happen for someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, like we can give them the gift that we wish we had and say, this is going to kind of happen to you if you'll let it. Cause I'm going to invite you and I'm going to create a place for you. Um, I just think that there's something freeing and it takes a little bit of the pressure off of, it takes a little bit of the vulnerability off of us to say, I'm going to provide this for you. Yes. I'm going to serve you in this way. And then secretly it's sneakily does it exactly. Friendship isn't selfish. It's a two way street, but somehow I think sending the invitation can feel selfish. Yeah. So we'll do it for each other. (laughs) Okay, Caitlin, what's your first one? Gosh, I'm super excited about this. Um, It is say yes when people invite you places. And really just say yes to anything. I think we're waiting for the perfect opportunity to come around. We're waiting for someone to walk up to us and ask us to be our friend. But... It's, it looks a little bit more like saying yes to weird coffee dates or saying yes to your aunt's friend who knows someone in Nashville or saying yes to going out to happy hour with your coworkers who don't really feel like or you're going to be your people or saying yes to creating an opportunity that you're not really sure is going to work out or if the two groups of people that you've met are going to mesh or not. I love that. I love that. I'm like sitting here nodding like crazy because seriously, I would say the exact same thing. Say yes. Carl says this thing. I feel like I've been talking about Carl a lot. Maybe he should just come talk with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but so he, um, he gives this example cause I heard him talking to someone about this recently where he, he said, um, 
his biggest piece of advice to people when they're starting a job is don't bring your lunch for the whole first week because then you have to go out and get food because otherwise you starve. And so when people say, Hey, we're going out to get lunch. Do you want to come with us? You can say yes. And he said, and and this really makes sense that if you say no enough times, people kind of stop asking you. So true. And it's not, they're not trying to be mean, but they just kind of think you don't want to come. Um, and so like, don't bring your lunch for the first week. And I kind of feel like that's like a bigger thing is just, is say yes. Um, some of our closest friends in Nashville that we just love, um, we were connected, um, through a friend of a friend and she sent us all an email and said, meet your new best friends in Nashville. You guys need to get together. Well, so they reached out to us and said, Hey, we're going canoeing tomorrow. Do you guys want to come? We had just moved to town. We were like still exhausted from our wedding. We were still in boxes. Like I 0% wanted to go canoeing that day, but we like looked at each other and we're like, okay, we said we'd say yes. And so we did, and I'm telling you, like, one, that day was so fun, and two, those are some of our favorite people in Nashville, and and it's because we said yes. But mm-hmm. I think the thing, and the reason I'm really glad you mentioned this is because saying yes is really hard, and it's really awkward, and you never want to. And so never. it's like, it's like, don't lead with your heart here. Your heart will have you at home on the couch watching Netflix where it's safe. So true. Say yes, even though you don't want to, because you probably won't want to, but it'll be worth it. Yes. I think... Back to my first week in Nashville and like I went to an Americana concert and I don't like Americana music. (laughs) I think I went to a restaurant with food that I would never choose myself. I said yes to going to a family's, a young family's dinner where normally I would have felt like I was being intrusive, but they ended up being kind of like my own family in Nashville. And so I'm really glad that I said yes to things like that that were so far out of my comfort zone. But I think it's also such a cool opportunity because in saying yes and no to these things and you're in such a like fun transition period of um, figuring out who you are, I think that it's kind of an opportunity to just learn so much about yourself and what you love and what you don't. And honestly, like every single thing is a win. Like if you go out to coffee with someone and you're like, that was terrible. I'm never doing that again. It's still a win because you said yes. Yes. I completely agree. I mean, through saying yes, I went on some truly terrible coffee dates. Like I think I thought I was the kind of person who could talk to anyone and make friends with anyone. But I'm telling you, there were a couple people where we were both pulling teeth and it was like oh my gosh this is bad like how how can two women not have anything to say to to say to each other but I mean it we just weren't each other's people and that's Mm -hmm. totally fine but but for every person like that I feel like there were there were two where there's some of my closest friends now like you for example you know like for every awkward date where it was like oh that didn't go very well um, there were people like you where we were there for four hours and I was like, this is one of my people. Right. It's so, worth it. Saying yes. Absolutely. I love that. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. 
This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. 
with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Um, this is sort of on the same, kind of on the same um, note, is my, my second one is um, play the numbers game. So like friendship is a process and it takes a long time. It takes way longer than we wish we did, than we wish it did. And there is kind of that dating process of meeting lots of people and some of them are going to be your people and some of them aren't. Um, and, but the thing that I've found is like the longer we put that off, like we, we have to go through that process no matter what. And so say, for example, this is just a random number, but say for example, that it takes a year to meet, to make, like meet someone great and have them be a really good friend. Well, if you put it off for a year, you're looking at two years now. And so, and, and also like the longer you have between coffee dates or the more you, yeah, just the more you kind of put it off, the longer it takes. And so, um, really I would say like play the numbers game. The more coffee dates you go on, the more times you hang out with someone, the more consistently. So this is another thing. Um, the more consistently you go to places like small group or church, um, the better because, because everything's awkward initially. And the more you do it, the more times you do it by the second or third or fourth time, you're much more comfortable. And so if you wait, like, you know, three months in between every time you go to small group, it's going to be like a decade before it feels comfortable. But if you just make yourself go for that first handful of times, it's more comfortable so much quicker. And so that's really, yeah, that's my second one is play the numbers game. Know that it takes, like, make up a number in your head. Like, say it takes 15 times of hanging out with someone for them to be your best friend. Mm -hmm. So great. Let's get those 15 going. Like, instead of waiting a long time between coffee dates, just keep pursuing it. Or if it takes five people for every great person who's going to, who you're totally going to click with, get those five people going, like start going to coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, we were kind of talking about this before and you brought up something we had both just heard, um, about dating. Do you want to talk about Yes. It was on, um, Shauna Nikwa's podcast. Yes. We've also mutually bonded over our love for her. Yeah, she's great. Um, but it was the interview with Henry Cloud and he was talking about, dating and upping your numbers and how, you know, to find your one person and literally just looking for one person, you have to up your numbers so much of he, he was talking about how, I think it was after a conference or something, there was a group of single girls that were asking him, why, why haven't we met anyone? Why are we still single? You know, we've, we've done all these things. We, um, we love the Lord. We've read the scriptures. We, it's, we've done X, Y, and Z. Where is he? And he was saying, well, what are your numbers? And I loved it because he was like, you know, if, unless you want to marry, I think it was, unless you want to marry the mailman, like you, you're going to have to get out of your house. Yes. I always say that that's something I talk about a lot in, in my single life course is like, like if you're sitting at home waiting for someone to show up for you, like you're going to your options are like the pizza guy, you know, or yeah, like the exactly. FedEx guy or something, but, but that you have to like how many, so his numbers thing is like, how many new people are you encountering on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're meeting, you know, 30 new women every month, or I don't know, I'm, I'm making up just wild numbers here, but if you're meeting like more and more people, if you're, if you're constantly meeting new people, the chances of you meeting someone awesome are so much higher. If you're never meeting new people, the chances of you meeting someone awesome are very small. So you have to like up your numbers. I love that. Exactly. It's like, if you're thinking about the kind of person that you want to be friends with, like, what are they doing? They're probably not just going to show up at a random stranger's house to meet you and become your friend. Like if you love hanging out in coffee shops, 
hang out in a coffee shop. If you love going to yoga classes, go to a yoga class or go to a writing class or, um, you know, go to a really specific store of something that you're interested in to try, you know, you have to up your numbers and up your chances of just meeting people with the same interests. I think that's so valuable. Totally. I completely agree. So play the numbers game. The more, like the more you do, the more people you meet, the, the, the more often you go, the more you show up, um, the more time you invest, just the more you do, um, the quicker you're going to get to the place where you want to be. Um, okay. What's your second one? Okay, my second one um, is lead with vulnerability. And this is something that I always think of you when I talk about because, you know, I talked about the hard season that I am still in with my family circumstances of just having such a large, shocking loss of losing my brother. Um, But you were the first person in Nashville that I told who didn't know before, who wasn't my friend. And I had gone on coffee dates before and just pretended like I was fine. And I was like, yeah, I love Nashville. It's great. Let's talk about our favorite restaurants. And I walked away feeling so much more lonely of if only this person could see what I was going through, if only they could actually see how hard this is. And so I think that whenever I showed up to my coffee date with you, I felt like I had two choices and it was Am I going to walk away feeling like that again? Or am I going to risk telling her my hard story and risk her never wanting to hang out with me again? (laughs) And so I I just remember sitting down and feeling like, oh my gosh, like I have such a hard thing to tell this poor girl that I met on the (laughs) internet (laughs) and I don't know what she's going to do. And I honestly felt like I was too much, that my situation was too much, that this was not the kind of thing that you talk about on a first coffee date. You're supposed to talk about... Um, the bachelorette, you're supposed to talk about Gilmore girls. You're supposed to talk about your coffee order or your job or your, how you got to Nashville story. And the truth was my, how I got to Nashville story wasn't a good one. And so I just remember sitting there and thinking like, okay, this seems like a safe space so far and I'm just going to try it. And I just remember telling you like, I have no idea how to say this and it's so awkward and so uncomfortable and I'm still working through so much of it, but I'm in a really hard place right now. And that changed everything for me. I think that just, you are so gracious in sitting and listening and trying to understand, even though I'm sure it was not what you were expecting when you showed up to that coffee date just taught me so much about my relationships going forward. I feel like it showed me that if it's kind of like, if you don't, um, you can't expect people to know things that you don't tell them, but you also can't expect people to know you if you don't show them yourself. Yeah. And so I think that it's, it's turned out so much better than I thought because it wasn't that you didn't leave our coffee date and that you wanted to hang out again. It was that I had no idea that that was the grounds for a best friendship. Oh, my heart is like exploding. <laughs> I I love that. And I think that um, my hope is that right now, like the girls who are listening, I, you guys, I hope that you're picturing what your thing might be, the thing that makes you feel like you're too much. Yes. So picture that. And then let me tell you how it felt to me on the receiving end, because because that's, this is how it feels to someone on the receiving end. I felt honored and trusted and, um, and grateful that you would, that you would choose me to tell, to tell me something like that. And, and I, um, 
yeah, I, I really just, I really just felt honored by the fact that you would share that with me. And, um, I, I think that like no part of me was like, no part of me was like shocked or, I mean, I, well, I was totally shocked. Um, but I, no part of me was like, oh, she's too much or anything like that. Just because, um, I think that when we are vulnerable about what's going on in our lives, it gives the other person one, it really does honor the other person as saying, I trust you. And I, I think you're a safe person and and you're someone who I want to know better. And I want you to know me and, and I, and I want you to be a part of my life. Like that's what you were saying to me that day. And, um, I think as the person on the receiving end, it, it not only honors you to be able to, to join with someone in something really, really hard, but it also lets you know that it's okay for you not to have things together too. Um, and, and I think that I've always felt that way with you and you started that, that, that it's okay. Like, I know it's okay for me to tell you whatever the thing is that I'm going through, whether it's stupid or small or big or whatever. Um, I, I feel like it's okay for me to, for me to be honest too. Um, and that's really what vulnerability does. It, it tells the other person, I want to know you. And also you're okay too. Like you're okay to be who you need to be here too. And I'm just so, I'm so glad you shared it that day. I'm so glad you shared that that day. And, um, and I love it that that's your encouragement for the girls too, is just like, don't be afraid to be vulnerable. And I think that I had felt that way so many times before it was something as serious as my brother's death, you know, like that definitely was very amplified during that time. But all the times before that even happened that I'd shown up to meet someone new and I would never on a first coffee date tell them about my anxiety that I was having. I would never tell them um, that I was struggling in a relationship or even that I felt uncomfortable, that I was lonely in a city, that, you know, I just think back and wonder if when I first got to college, if whenever I met someone, we actually talked about how hard it was. Yeah. And some of those relationships that formed that took years, like, I just wonder if we had started there and said, just been able to say me too and start on the same playing field or honestly, just to realize that we were already on the same playing field. I think that's all that it really takes. It doesn't, it doesn't take much, but honesty and vulnerability. And I think we're so afraid and caught up in what they're going to think or that the person's going to leave. But I think that it really is just creating a space for friendship that you want to be in, that you want to stay in. Totally. Getting on the same playing field and, and telling, telling what's really going on in our lives. That's, that really is what leads to deeper friendship. And, and I like, I, I it totally, this made me think of it when you said, um, that like, you guys spent years like that you could have, you could have gotten closer years before if you would have just talked about what was really going on in your lives. And, um, so I, I think I've told you guys about this. I mean, Caitlin mentioned it, but, um, I wrote my friendship small group guide, um, the real girls guide to taking it all off. Um, I wrote it, um, in this season when I was really lonely. And basically what I was trying to do was I was trying to reverse engineer the friendships. I like my best friendships from other seasons in my life. And I, I was trying to figure out like, okay, what was it that got us to these deep, like best friend, each other's people kind of places. And really it's exactly what you said. It's, it was being vulnerable. Anytime we were vulnerable and told the truth about our lives. And instead of talking about our coffee order or our job, we talked about what was really going on. 
that's, I feel like our friendship like took a whole, went a whole level deeper. And so really that's, but the thing is that it's hard to bring those things up. Um, like you were so brave and, and, um, you were so brave to, to be able to bring something like that up. And I think that we want to talk about what's going on in our lives more. We just don't really know how to do it. And so that's why I wrote that guide to sort of take one for the team for all of us. And I love that I got to use it with you guys too, because I was like, well, the book says we have to talk about this, even though I wrote the book. It's so true though. It's genius. I think that's what I loved about it is you kind of have the excuse of, okay, well this week we're talking about our families or this week we're talking about what we believe. Um, because it's kind of the things that we all want to know about each other and that we want to tell other people about ourselves but there's not really a good intro into that in real life. No, like, hi, what's your coffee order? Also, tell me about your past. Exactly. Like, you know, it's like so awkward. But I think that if everyone agrees to say, hey, you know, let's meet together on a regular basis and let's talk about these things. And you're just kind of reading the questions. So like every week is about a different topic and there's a handful of questions about each topic and you just go around and talk about them you're able to hear the things you want to hear from people to really know them. And you're also able to say the things you need to say to let people know who you are. Mm -hmm. And I, I think my favorite part about it is that everyone's doing it at the same time. So I think the fear in being vulnerable is that someone's going to just leave you hanging, you know, that someone's going to be like, well, oh, okay. Or like sucks for you or something. But really when people can meet you in those places and say, yeah, me too, that's when things change. Um, and so I'm so glad that you like, I wish with everything in me that you didn't have to tell that story that day. Um, but, but I'm, I'm really honored and really glad that you did. Cause I feel like it set us on such a, a better trajectory of friendship and, and made it a safe one so much faster. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's so crazy. Well, so, um, I really, I'm really happy we're talking about this today. Um, and, and I'm really happy for a lot of reasons. One, because I really care about this so much. Um, just because, I mean, you you and I really have walked down this road and it's a tough road and so many of us are on it. And, and I feel like no one really talks about it. So I'm really, really happy that we're talking about it today. Um, but it's also like extra fresh on my heart, especially this week. So um, I don't know exactly what week this will air, but when we're recording this, um, Carl and I just moved into a new house in Nashville. We're right down the streets. So we didn't go very far. Um, but we were gone for about a month, um, maybe six weeks, something like that in between moving from one house to another. Part of it is we were traveling. Part of it was our new house wasn't ready yet. So we were slightly homeless for like, oh, several weeks, um, which was crazy. But, um, when we got back to Nashville, um, a couple of things happened. And, and I think that while we were gone, one, we were visiting a lot of people. So we were around friends and family pretty constantly. Um, Carl and I were together like the whole time because we were traveling together. Um, and, when we came back, those things were different. We didn't have, you know, family and friends around constantly. We weren't staying at other people's houses. Carl and I don't work together all day, every day. And so we weren't together all day. Um, and I think I just found myself with that really familiar pit in my stomach of just being lonely. And I think that it happens in different seasons and for different reasons. And, um, and even though I'm still in the same city, I'm in a new neighborhood where I don't know anyone. And, um, also I think that I just, I think that we come to different like levels in our friendships where, you know, we've, we've, you know, initially it's hard to just meet people. So we, so we meet people and then, and then we get to know them better. And then we have some people we know pretty well, and then we have some good friends. Um, but I think that we all, like, I think we all just want to be more connected. Um, and so I really found myself again in that place this week. I mean, I've made amazing friends in Nashville and I know you have too, 
but I just, I, I want to go deeper and I want to, I want to meet more friends and I want to see the ones I do have more often and, and continue to invest. And so, um, I just, I, I want to say that just as kind of a vulnerability piece that I've just been really lonely this week. Um, even in a town I've lived in, in for several years and even in a place where I have friends. Um, and so I think that if, if y'all are feeling lonely right now, you're not the only one. If you're feeling lonely right now, you're not the only one. And, um, we all feel that way for different reasons and in different seasons. And I think that, um, it takes a commitment to, to go out there and to meet people and to show up and to introduce yourself and to ask for someone's number and to actually follow up and to get coffee and then to do it again. Um, to tell the truth about your life, to show up when someone invites you somewhere. Um, it takes a lot of intentionality, but I think it's worth it. And, and I I know it's worth it. And so if y'all are kind of either starting this journey in a new place or starting this journey again, or wanting to just go deeper in this journey. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. Oh my gosh. Me too. I totally feel the same way because I started a new job a few months ago. And I think in, in leaving my last job and kind of being ready to start a new chapter, I thought, okay, I'm taking everything that I've learned here and I felt so loved and supported and I learned some really important things about myself during that last season. And I was like, oh, if I had known all those things in this past season and I could get to bring them into my new one, then there's not going to be any problem. And so I showed up at my new job and I just remember immediately like my stomach dropping to the floor and having that feeling of the first day of school where I don't know anyone. I don't know where to sit. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I'd had Carl's advice about not, not bringing my lunch. Yes. Um, but it's just funny how quickly we can go back to just feeling completely like the new girl. Mm-hmm. She never goes away in us. And um, I think that we just need to learn to love her, honestly, is that she's always going to be around and I don't always know what to say to her or how to, you know, make her feel comfortable. But I almost wonder just what would happen if we, you know, made friends with her. Hmm. Yeah. And just gave her the permission and grace to say, I think, I think that one of my favorite things about this community and, and one of my biggest, like my heart for this community is to, is to, um, like just let people know that they're not alone mm-hmm. and that they're not crazy for feeling the way that they feel. So I think that there are all these things that are really hard in life and really confusing in life. And I think that they're compounded by the fact that we kind of feel like we're wrong for feeling the way that we do or stupid for feeling the way that we do, um, or the only one who's ever felt that way. And that's why I love sharing our stories and sharing my stories and hearing other women's stories is because when someone says, Oh, I've totally been there and they made it through like you, you find out that probably you'll make it through too. And also like that you're not nuts for feeling that way. And so I wonder if like we can tell our kind of inner new girl that comes out in new seasons, like she just does like, Hey, it's okay that this is uncomfortable. It's okay that it's uncomfortable. You're going to be okay. Remember last time, like we've learned some tricks, so we'll get through it. And, and maybe you'll get through it faster this time. Cause you've been here before, but it's okay that you're feeling this way. Like you'll get through it. Um, totally. You're not nuts for feeling this way. Yes. I remember one of the first churches that I visited in Nashville, I had been to a few every week and I was trying to find the perfect one with the perfect sermon and the perfect worship and combination of all the things that I loved. And I was sitting in a pew by myself and, you know, just during the 
meet your neighbor portion. Um, I met this girl and she asked me how long I'd lived in Nashville. And I'd said, you know, three weeks or something. And she said, oh my gosh, I've lived here for three years, but I exactly remember being you. And I want to give you my card and literally please just call me. Did you? And I, yes. And she, um, like that's the church that I ended up going to, you know, because it wasn't all the extra things. It was that I needed community and I felt welcomed in and I felt known and I felt like people saw me sitting there. I love that. I think that's beautiful. And I think that brings it like all the way back to the beginning where it's like, okay, it, it, even if maybe she was still feeling lonely, right? but she saw you feeling alone and, and by going after you, like that's, it's just a different spin on it. Um, mm-hmm. but providing community for you, like she got it too. It's just this really awesome mutual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. I love that she did that. Well, okay. So Caitlin, if you had to give, um, all the girls listening, if you had to just give them like a dare this week, um, just a challenge to move one step forward in their friendship, what would you tell them to do? Gosh, that's what we all so do this week. good. What should we all do this week? We'll do it too. Okay. Um, I mean, I think my dare would be to follow through. Um, you probably have someone who you were connected with by a mutual acquaintance, or maybe, maybe someone has reached out to you who has just moved to your city. That's looking for a friend. And you're thinking, I have a really busy week at work. I don't really have time to show this person around. We're probably not going to end up being great friends anyway. Um, or if you are the new girl that just moved somewhere and you maybe met someone and, you know, in a girl's bathroom and you were like, we should be friends. And then later you're like, no, that was really weird. We met in a bathroom. I don't know. <laughs> I'm convinced that best friendships start in the bathroom. It's so true. Yeah. It's just a thing. But I think that's the dare is to do it, to invite that person to coffee, to, you know, reach out to them and see how they're doing, to invite someone over to your house, to say yes, yes. to that thing that you don't want to go to. I love that. I love that. I can't even imagine. Like we are such people that say, "Oh my gosh, let's get coffee sometime." Can you even imagine if we actually got coffee with all the people we said that to and followed up with them? I feel like we would all have so many more friends. We really would. It's so true. It's almost just become like a greeting. Yeah. Yeah, let's hang out sometime. Yeah, okay. But but yeah, let's follow through. What if we chose to actually believe that we meant it? I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's our day for this week is to follow through. I love it. I can't wait to hear about it. Um, so Caitlin, tell me, um, I want to just ask you the last few questions. Um, these may change over time, but these are my favorites right now. So, um, we're going to go for them. Okay. I want to know what's God teaching you right now. Gosh, I think that my favorite thing that he has been teaching me recently is just how surprising he is. And I think that that's something that I hadn't really realize just because I've always thought that he's constant and he's steady and he's sure. But the thing is that, that we can't see all of that. And so I think that just as we grow in our knowledge of reading his word and talking to him and learning about him, he is surprising to us. And even though he is saying the same, we get to change through him Hmm. and we get to change in our perception of him and we get to 
um, just see different sides of him. Maybe it's that he's playful and surprising or even that he, the things that he's angry about that he doesn't love. I think I just, um, you know, had, had just been through a season where I felt like, yep, I know God. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. um, but I think in kind of challenging myself to learn more about him, I've loved it so much. And it's been surprising to me. I went to a yoga class a few weeks ago and, um, the intention at the beginning of the class was to try to surprise yourself. Hmm. And I just wondered, you know, like as I'm doing all these crazy back bends or whatever that I never thought that I would be able to do, like, what if that was my intention every day was to be surprised by God, to let myself be surprised by, by his kindness, by his character, by, um, his trustworthiness or his presence of just expecting him to surprise me in any way. I love that. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Um, so what is something kind of random in your life that's bringing you joy right now? Okay. This is very random. I love it. I can't wait. Um, Okay, so it's been on my bucket list for a really long time to go on a trip by myself. It's just kind of always been something that I thought would be fun um, while I'm single and can do that just to um, say that I did it. And I did get to explore a few fun cities recently, but surprisingly, the thing that I loved the most was eating in a restaurant by myself. Wow. Okay. Tell me what kind of restaurant. Okay. So, you know, like I've been to a coffee shop by myself. I've been to somewhere, you know, I've ordered at Chipotle by myself, Mm -hmm. things like that. But this was like, I was in Chicago and I'd seen on Instagram this place and I was like, I would love to eat here. Yeah. But I thought I'm here by myself. I don't have someone to go with. It's going to be weird. It was like a fancy sit down restaurant. And I remember walking towards it, I was like, I'm just going to go check out the area. Yeah. And so I, I kind of walked in and I was pretending like I was waiting for someone because I was like trying to figure out the situation Totally. and it was packed. There were so many people there. And I was like, these people are all going to think that I'm so strange for being here by myself. They're going to feel bad for me. You know, they're not going to know that this was my bucket list thing. Yeah. And so I kind of walked around and I was like, okay, I'm, I can find somewhere else I want to go. And, and then I was kind of halfway down the road and I was like, are you kidding me? Like you came, you're doing the thing and now you're, you're not going to follow through. Mm-hmm. And so I went and I said, you know, table for one, you which did. was like the moment. Yes. And it was amazing. It was liberating. Like I, it, I'm almost just like embarrassed by how much fun it was, but it wasn't even just like the details. Like I do, you know, believe that like the food was better because I was focused on it. Like yeah. the experience, the people watching was so much fun. Like I just sat there and I read a book. I had a great conversation with my waiter, all of that. But the thing was that like I surprised myself and I was bold And that I followed through and that I did something that I never thought that I would have done. And I felt, you know, while I was sitting there, it wasn't all just like the most fun thing I've ever done. It was sometimes I was wondering what people were thinking about me, if people felt bad for me. But then I just kept reassuring myself of like, just, just sit, sit in the awkwardness, sit in um, the moment. And I think just kind of 
feeling that tension but pushing through it anyway made me want to do it again, honestly. Oh, I am so proud of you. That's like, <laughs> like that's such an awesome thing. And I feel like if you were to have talked to anyone, if they really would have been like, oh, I feel bad for you because you're sitting alone. Like, right. no, really, they probably would have said, girl, I've been wanting to, I've never gone to a restaurant by myself and I've always wanted to and you were bold. I'm going to do it now. Like, I wonder how many people saw you and were like, that actually looks awesome. I think I'm going to try it. <laughs> Isn't this so funny? Oh, okay, so you should try it. Okay, yes, I need to try yes. it. Um, I'm trying to think of where I want to take myself. I was going to say that we should do it together, but that would defeat the point. <laughs> I almost said that too. Dang it. Dang it, friendship. Um, okay, yes. so the last question I want to ask you um, is tell me about a woman that's inspiring you right now. Like, just give her a big old shout out. I want to hear someone. Okay, so this isn't even just right now. It basically spans ever since I read the first page of her book. Um, but my long-term writer crush is Emily Freeman. Um, I think she's Emily P. Freeman on social media and online and everything. And so she's written books like Grace for the Good Girl, A Million Little Ways, Simply Tuesday. I would recommend all of those. But I think right now she's just one of the most consistently kind voices on the internet. And that's something that's rare these days, I think. Um, And in addition to just being a really talented and beautiful writer... Her kind of tagline is creating space for your soul to breathe. And I think that my soul just breathes deeper when I hear that. Um, And so there's just so many things that she's doing. I think she just started a podcast. There's um, a writer's group that she has and kind of online. um, I think about this just in terms of writing and in terms of friendship. One of the things that she talked about when she first started her blog, which was initially called Chatting at the Sky, was that she no longer wanted to have a platform. She just wanted to create a bench. And I think I just love thinking about that in terms of my life and my social media and my friendships. And it's just a philosophy that I really want to follow and adapt because I've seen her just model that so well. Okay. I love that. I'm a big fan of Emily and I, I just love that you mentioned her. I'm yeah. so glad you did. She's the best. Um, I'm going to remember that bench thing forever too. That's so good. Okay. Well, Caitlin, um, speaking of your writing in your online world, um, I know that the girls are going to want to keep up with you if they don't already know you, which I bet all of them probably do, but if they don't already know you, um, where can they find you and where can they, where, like, where's your bench? Tell oh them my gosh, it. please let's be friends. I would love that so much. Um, I'm just my full name everywhere, CaitlinWernett.com. Um, it's a K and two I's and I'm sure that we can yes. spell that out somewhere totally. on your website we'll or in yeah. the notes or something, but I would love to be your friend and just kind of hear your stories and your struggles and maybe if you're the new girl or if you're loving on a new girl right now just let's let's keep this conversation going yeah let's do it together I love that okay guys um Caitlin thank you so much for being here this is so fun thank you for having me this is a blast I love it okay you guys isn't Caitlin amazing I just knew y'all were gonna love her So one thing I wanted to tell you really quickly is that I know Caitlin and I talked about lots of fun things on the show today. And so if you want to find the links to any of those things, all you have to do is go to my website. It's stephaniemaywilson.com. And for every episode, we're going to have a blog post with the show notes. All the links will be there for everything we talk about, including links to Caitlin's blog and her Instagram so y'all can follow her and so y'all can be friends. Guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It means so much to me. Before you go, I would love it if you would just do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. 
Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's a way easier way to listen too, because um, it's a way of sort of bookmarking the podcast. You don't have to go look for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode when a new one's released. The other thing is, it would mean so much to me if you would just take a quick second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' night. So would you do me a huge favor and just take a quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would really, really help us get started. And thank you to all of you who have left such sweet comments already. You guys, I cannot even tell you how much that means to me. So what do we have in store for next week's episode? So glad you asked. You guys are going to love our next episode. I'm super excited about it. So if you guys remember back to episode one, you guys got to hear from my sweet friend Mari who works here with me in our little corner of the internet. Well, this coming week, Mari will be back and she and I are going to be answering all of your biggest blogging questions. I can't even tell you how many questions we get about blogging and book writing and social media and how to start writing and speaking. And next week, we're going to be answering as many of your questions as we possibly can. I can't wait to share this episode with you. Friends, thanks so much for joining us for Girls' Night, and I'll see you next week.